This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. As we get closer to the April runoff, we are taking a closer look at the two candidates' records on big issues like crime, public safety, and education. Yesterday, we examined mayoral hopeful Paul Vallis's record leading the school district of Philadelphia to learn how that experience could inform how he would lead as mayor. And today, we're looking at Brandon Johnson's close ties to the Chicago Teachers Union. The union has spent $1 million on Johnson's mayoral campaign. Joining us now to discuss is Nader Issa, Chicago Sun-Times education reporter. Hey, Nader. Hey, thanks for having me. So first off, Nader, tell us, why is the relationship between the mayor and the CTU so important for voters to actually pay attention to? Well, I think if there's anything that tells you the importance of the relationship, it's the past four years, right? Because you've seen a strike in 2019. You saw the the Chicago Teachers Union. They were asking for not only raises and health care and the sort of usual bread and butter union benefits, but nurses and social workers and librarians and all these all these factors that weigh on teachers and affect the job and students they're asking for all that too and the mayor mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, she was fresh off her uh, historic election and she thought we can give them some money and and the union will accept it and that's sort of the playbook that Paul Vallis used when he was CEO in the early 2000s. Um, but we've seen this as a different uh, CTU, and we saw that once again with the uh, reopening conversations during the pandemic in 2021 mm-hmm. and again in 2022. And so there is significant impact on the city and, and schools and students if the union and the school's leadership aren't getting along. So you, of course, alluded to that contentious relationship we've we've watched between Mayor Lightfoot and the CTU. Nader, what's the relationship been between past mayors and the CTU? What does it typically look like? It was a lot of the same between the CTU and Rahm Emanuel uh, before before Lori Lightfoot twenty twenty uh, eleven. You know, there was um, a lot of contentious meetings, a lot of back and forth in the media when Rahm Emanuel was elected. Uh, We, of course, know the profanity he used uh, supposedly in a meeting with then-President Karen Lewis, and we know the history from there. There was a teacher strike the first in three decades in Chicago. There was 50 school closings that really, really upset communities and the teachers' union. Um, And so it it was very contentious time and you could you could include the CTU and and the teachers and Rahm Emanuel's education record as a reason why, in the end, he chose not to run because he um, he, he he wasn't so popular. Mm-hmm. If you look further back from that, Mayor Daley, and this is where this is where Paul Vallis comes in, and it sort of ties back to him and comes full circle. Paul Vallis was the first uh, CEO of Chicago Public Schools when the the Illinois state legislature eliminated the traditional superintendent position in 1995. And the relationship was was very good back then because CEOs like Paul Vallis and then Arnie Duncan um, and and under Mayor Daley, they prioritized giving the teachers money. And the CTU leadership at the time, that's all they were really focused on was Mm -hmm. let's get our members paid, let's give them good benefits, and not so much let's focus on student homelessness, let's focus on trauma, let's focus on supports for students, all of those things that you hear the CTU talking about these days. Yeah. Well, there's some concern that 
if Brandon Johnson were to be elected, that he'd basically just be a, a CTU member as mayor w- with no veil between. Give us the pros and cons of that. Well, look, I think it's fair to question how the CTU contract negotiations would go because Brandon Johnson is a CTU staffer, a longtime organizer, former teacher, and it's fair to question. He's, he has been part of this current leadership that he would then be going to negotiate with. I think the questions around whether he would be beholden to the CTU are questions that you can really ask of any candidate, because is Paul Vallis going to be beholden to his top donors? Would Chewy Garcia have been beholden to his top donors? Is Brandon Johnson going to be beholden to the teachers' union? It's locally and nationally and state elections, any election. I think that's a question that can be asked of any candidate. And the the only real question here, because of how elections work, is will Brandon Johnson put the city's interests first when negotiating contracts with the CTU? And if you if you ask them, they're going to say, well, we are we're fighting for the interests of students and and for the city and and all that. So that's the defense they would give. Yeah. Well, I mean, to that end, it seems like all political candidates are indebted to some faction or special interest group or whoever gave them money. Right. So so that we're clear, Nader, the difference then about being tied to the CTU, like in Johnson's case. I think the only difference is that he was uh, uh, and is a staffer at the union, but it's 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 the same issue. I mean, you have you have candidates who come from law firms. Our our, our most recent, our current mayor came from a law firm. Was a former federal prosecutor. Could you ask whether that mayor would be beholden to? the U.S. Attorney's Office or to her law firm. I'm, 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 I'm just throwing these hypotheticals out there to, to make the comparison that a lot of candidates are beholden to who their biggest donors are and their past, uh, yeah. their past work experiences. And it's, it's, I think it's a fair question to ask of all candidates. And that's really where, where Brandon Johnson's campaign comes in to defend itself, um, is that there are worse things to be beholden to than the teachers union. And people can make up their minds on that. Johnson's a paid organizer with the CTU. What does that mean? What it's meant in the past is uh, he sort of gets members ready and and informed and um, sort of energized to walk out on strike when they needed to. A decade ago, he uh, helps you know, internally with messaging and with strategy. I think there's a little bit of a question of what exactly he's been doing the past few years because he has been paid on staff. He's also been a Cook County commissioner, and so he's been taking in paychecks from both places, uh, from the taxpayers of Cook County and from member dues at the CTU. Mm -hmm. And so that is a question of what exactly has he been doing the past few years. And he's still being paid by the union, right? Last we checked, yes, he he uh, he is still a paid CTU staffer. Would that stop if he were to be elected as mayor? Yeah, I I, I don't believe he could. Uh, he would. We we have to keep looking into that, but I don't believe he would keep being paid um, by both the union and the city. But that's of course a question we'll have to ask him and his campaign and his union. This is reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in. Since education is going to be a big issue in this mayoral runoff in April, we are taking a look at Paul Vallis 
and Brandon Johnson's education ties and their records. Yesterday, we talked about Vallis' tenure leading the Philadelphia public school system. And today we're looking at Brandon Johnson's connection to the CTU. Nader Issa, who's a Chicago Sun-Times education reporter, is filling us in. Nader, talk more about how the CTU has been building its political power over the past decade or so. Yeah, we had uh, myself and my colleague, Lauren Fitzpatrick, we had a story this weekend about the CTU's rise and, and sort of march from picket lines to political influence. And it's where they're at today. They, in in the early 2010s, when Karen Lewis and, and this this caucus inside of, uh, of the CTU called the Caucus of Rank-and-File uh, Educators, or CORE, as it's more not commonly known, they came into power. They won their internal union election on the, on the idea that the union should fight for more than raises and health care and retirement benefits and all of that, mm-hmm. that they should fight for these community challenges that affect the classroom, that affect students and affect teachers. And that's where you saw them fighting against Rahm Emanuel. And once they realized how difficult the fights were going to be in 2011, 12, 13, they basically said to themselves, why are we going to keep putting up these fights? Why not just start to get influence inside of City Hall? And so they started backing candidates for city council. Sue Sebowski Garza won in 2015. She was widely celebrated by the union as their first win in a city council race. And they've only grown from there. They're Mm -hmm. they're backing more than a dozen candidates last election and this one, too. And now for the first time after after backing two uh, allies, outside allies in Chuli Garcia and Tony Preckwinkle, they're running one of their own in Brandon Johnson, who, like we've said, former teacher and a CTU uh, paid staffer. The CTU, through its uh, political action committees or, or PACs, uh, it gave loans to the Johnson campaign as well as to several aldermanic candidates, saying that they will pay the loans back. This is angering some members, though. What's going on there? Yeah, so th- this has been a sore spot for the CTU over the past few years. There is a sort of a rival caucus internally called Members First. They sort of have grown out of the past leadership that has focused on paying benefits, and they want the CTU to return to that. And they're upset at the CTU's political spending. They don't think the CTU should be getting involved in politics. There's also, importantly, um, former members of the core caucus who feel like the CTU isn't leadership isn't being transparent about its finances. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know it's over the past couple of weeks, it's been called a revolt within the CTU. I don't think that's quite accurate. These issues were were out there um, previously, and, and the CTU leadership won re-election uh, last year. But it's not nothing. It, it's not something that we can we can ignore. There there are concerns about what the the union is voting on, whether um, actions are being done without any votes, whether too much money is going toward politics and not enough toward member benefits or legal protections, this and yeah. that. And so it it is. It's not nothing, but it is uh, it is something. Well, here's a little bit of uh, CTU President Stacey Davis-Gates speaking about why the CTU is so involved in city elections. Warning, this is from election night, so there's actually some noise in the background. CTU is your neighbor. All of our members are required to live in this wonderful city. 
So we raise our families here, we buy property here, and we teach the city's children. We are the people who anchor the common good in this city. And so what better people than to help lead and usher in a new era of unity and equity than your elementary school teacher, your school psychologist, your social worker, your nurse, your school clerk and paraprofessional. What do you make of that, Nader? Is that something that you've heard from the teachers union before? Yeah, that's 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 their uh, their their common messaging. Um, and and you know, I, I spoke with Stacey Davis Gates last week, and she she her argument was, you're not going to get a Brandon Johnson, who was a relatively unknown name a couple months ago, into a mayoral runoff election mm-hmm. without. The backing of his union siblings, and so they are still holding strong. They are saying all of the people, um, the, the vast majority of, of the members of the Chicago Teachers Union, are in support of what the union leadership is doing. Uh, but but it, it does remain true that there is a, a faction inside the CTU that wants them to focus less on politics, or at the very least, be more transparent with spending. I want to turn quickly back to the political experience that Johnson's bringing to the table here. As we've talked about, he's currently in his first term as a Cook County commissioner, where he's part of making decisions that meet residents' needs and making sure that county activities run smoothly. Do you think that that gives him relevant experience to now run the city of Chicago? He would say it does. I I think there is a bit of a difference between a, a Cook County commissioner, of course, and their job and their responsibility, and the the responsibility that falls on the shoulder of the mayor of the third biggest city in America. So there are some questions about about experience. Um, there's also questions about the CTU sort of backing him when he ran in 2018 to be a Cook County commissioner in a position that really doesn't have much, if anything, to do with Chicago schools. And so was that a way just to get him some government experience so that he could run for mayor? Mm-hmm. But in, in terms of his actual experience, I think I think that's an open question mark. Um, and it, that the, the, same, the same questions were asked in 2019 with an experienced government um, employee, government elected official in Tony Preckwinkle versus a relative political newcomer and and Lori Lightfoot. And I I think a lot of the questions are there today with this election, too. Yeah. We spoke yesterday with an education reporter who uh, she actually covered Paul Vallis during the time when he was leading the school district of Philadelphia. And she said that uh, Vallis likes to get things done and fast and all at once. What do you make of that assessment? I think he, Paul Vallis, um, does have ideas that he wants to to go through with. And I think we've seen a lot of those ideas in the past here in Chicago and in, in uh, New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina and in Philadelphia, um, also in Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, where, where he, uh, he ran the schools there. I, I think there are some answered, unanswered questions about his record. Um, I mean, you, you, we've heard some people recently say, well, if, if he's just getting things done and quickly, is he really taking an input from the community and from the families um, who are impacted by those decisions? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think I think there are open questions. It's it's of course uh, like any record. It's somewhere in between what what he'll tell you his time was or what his critics will say. Yeah. Briefly before I let you go, Nader, any other education issues you think 
are important to keep an eye on as we head to that April 4th runoff? Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's quite a few. I mean, I, I think I might be biased as an education reporter, but I think this is a really uh, vital election with education at the forefront. And so the new mayor is going to have to deal with an elected school board coming in in a couple of years. That's going to be a very big change from seven appointed members to a 21-member board in 2015. It'll be half elected, half uh, appointed, and then in 2027, um, excuse me, 2025, it'll be half and half, and then 2027, fully elected. Yeah. So that's that's something the new mayor is going to have to deal with. Um, and I think it's a big question of whether the new mayor keeps Pedro Martinez in as CEO. He's only been here uh, for less than two years at this point, right. and um, the, the C2 leadership says they've they've worked well with him, they've appreciated his leadership, trying to make things less contentious. But you would imagine Paul Vallis, Brandon Johnson, both might want their own leader in yeah. charge of the schools. Good point. We'll leave it there. Nader Issa, Chicago Sun-Times education reporter. Thanks, Nader. Thank you.